Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. Ashley is the mythbuster. Tiresias is finally just like, it was you, Kay. (laughs) (laughs) Waterboard him with this magical gem that is not a testicle. (laughs) Emily is a cryptid hunter. And it's this guy that's bending over and farting into the face of this absolutely horrified (laughs) Kappa. The Kappa's like, no! In some stories, this long, narrow sheet of cotton is also your roll of toilet paper. But it's evil toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) And Lindsay is the storyteller. Put your trays in the upright position. We're flying back over to northern Italy for a fun little legend that will have you rethinking water sports. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Am I pretty? I think I'm a snack. She'd be like, what's a snack? Do you have candy? (laughs) Pineapple Pizza Podcast. Stop on by for a slice, a story, and a laugh. Coming January 2021. All the time. Why did you say that in a German accent? I just wanted to. Why did you cough right there? This is a really weird accent. (laughs) I'll probably cut it anyway. I think you should. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded kind of (laughs) Hitler-ish. You know how I feel about Nazis. Hey, beautiful. How goes it? It goes. How goes it for you? It goes. I'm Celeste. I'm Allie. Welcome back to Taboos, you guys. Welcome. We're a podcast that discusses taboo topics. It's true. We do. We're here. Episode 20. Episode 19. I'm glad you know because I have no idea. Maybe it's 18. Um, please hold. Episode 18. Woohoo. We've made it this far. We're almost to 20. That's crazy. It's really exciting. It is insane. So hi, how are you today? I'm good. Good. I love hearing that. We are 14 days away from Christmas. That's true. I can't believe it's here already. I know. It was really hard to believe. Do you have any presents that you're super excited to give Moose? Uh, We got him a little trampoline and I'm just excited to save our couch from being jumped on. So that's about it. He is a little jumper. He's Mm -hmm. a little evil Knievel, but less evil. Just Knievel. True. He's a good baby. Is there anything that you're excited for as far as getting tiny? Um, Yeah. So I got her a mannequin. I got her a head hair mannequin, but it's like for kids. 
and this mannequin comes with a YouTube channel. Why are you laughing at this? <laughs> you just said I got her head. <laughs> I did though. I did. But this mannequin comes with a YouTube channel and the woman who made this toy and runs this YouTube channel does like different hair tutorials with kids. And I thought it was really cool. And it will give her and Cal something to do together and bonding over because Tiny is obsessed with doing hair and I won't let her do my hair and she refuses to do her own hair. So I thought that that would be like a really good creative outlet for her. Yeah, that's super awesome. I'm really excited about it. I still like my idea of Tiny just walking around with a head. You can get her head for Christmas. Noted. <laughs> um, the other thing that I got that I w- I'm really excited about, actually my parents got it, but it was kind of a group gift because I got the accessories for it, is one of those like Instagram Polaroid cameras that mm-hmm. prints out stickers of photos. She's been begging for a digital camera for a hot fucking minute and a cell phone. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, you're seven. And although she should have a cell phone when she goes other places without me, um, I'm just not ready to make that commitment for a seven-year-old. Yeah, I completely agree. So digital camera it is. I love this plan and I can't wait to see stickers all over your house. I know. Ugh. Just you're going to like walk into the kitchen and it'll be like, in here, Static's butthole stickered to the refrigerator. Yep. It's going to be beautiful. I'm just going to have to invest in like Gorilla Glue to get all the fucking stickies off of everything. Have fun. Thank you. I actually was thinking about getting her just like a blank scrapbook and letting her like just put her sticker pictures in that fucking scrapbook. That's a really good idea and I highly suggest it. I really should just stop at Hobby Lobby on my way home or something it's probably closed now but tomorrow yeah i think <laughs> i don't know things it gets dark at like four o'clock it could be fucking four thirty right now this is true so do you want to tell us what we're drinking because today's beverage choice was absolutely all alley and it was a surprise i would love to tell us what we're drinking i'm excited what are we drinking today <laughs> we're drinking spiked hot chocolate peppermint spiked hot chocolate I, why are we calling it spike because <laughs> there's Because it's just not regular hot chocolate. It's not normal peppermint hot chocolate. This shit's spiked. Exactly. It's delicious and it's festive and I'm so excited about it. Thank you for making it. Not a problem. Sorry. I didn't have whipped cream. It's not like official. I mean, this episode might have been an inappropriate episode to have whipped cream available. So, (laughs) wink, wink, hint, hint. Also, to add to our what are we drinking here today, Allie put my spiked peppermint hot chocolate in a Dad's on Dayquil mug. Shout out to the dads. Oh my goodness. Actually, I need to take this opportunity to give a super special dad shout out to Jordan, who was feeling a little sad that he didn't get a super special shout out. And I owed him a shout out for some reason. Can't remember. Other than uh, between yesterday and today, Jordan came to my rescue two different times. Yesterday, I received an unsolicited dick pic and some very disturbing messages from some fucking rando on Facebook. And Jordan was really upset that I didn't include him in the retort to said rando. And then today on our depression post on my personal Twitter account, this dude approached my Twitter account and commented on it and was like, do you want to be my sugar baby? And here's your allowance and here's my phone number and text me. And I'm pretty confident that it's a human trafficking scam and or a robot. So I tagged Jordan in on it and I was like, do you want to handle this one today? And he just jumped in like face first, was just all about it. And he got Josh involved and they got 
got Tony from Bubs and Gobs involved and it was just turned into like this whole thing. And last I heard, Josh was stringing this guy along and he's just waiting for the moment to send him his dick as a dick pic. So who knows? We'll see. But special shout out to Jordan and Josh. And also AJ gets a special shout out today because he showed me a ton of love after the depression episode. And I just love the dads. Mm, Same. Moral of the story. Although future retorts against people like that should just be don't make me call my dads. I should say that. Oh God. Now maybe I'm going to start saying that and then just tag dads and Dayquil. But yeah, big shout out to all of our pod family, especially around the holiday season. Like I'm feeling extra grateful this year just for you guys. Like honestly, our our pod family has really blossomed and bloomed and I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of hard topics lately and you guys have been so willing to share. And even if it has nothing to do with your podcast, Mm -hmm. you share it with your listeners and we appreciate it so much. We can't thank you enough. We really can't. And that that I want to extend that to our listeners too, because so many of our listeners share our stuff and comment on our stuff and all kinds of amazing things from our listeners too. So dear listeners, thank you so much. I know we said it last week that you're probably going to get sick of us saying thank you, but suck it up, buttercup, because we're fucking grateful. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> Side note, Laren makes fun of me because apparently my word is agreed. It is. Yep. Otherwise, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm a woman of few words. You are. Just in all of your glory and beauty and wisdom. But when you do share multiple words, they're genuine nuggets of gold. Like trapezius muscle. Oh, shut up. It's been a minute since we've talked about the trapezius muscle. You want me to share with listeners what I corrected you on? yesterday (laughs) no because i'm probably gonna say that word all right a bunch more times (laughs) so quick subject change to divert your attention from my mispronunciation do you want to know what we're going to talk about today i would love to oh i'm so excited let me grab my special guest notebook every time you say i'm so excited all i can think of is and i just can't hide it and you sang, and that's going to stay. So I know when you thought I sang in the last episode, I was not singing. Well, you sang just now. Yeah, I'm just stating. Apparently, you can't tell my singing versus my just exuberantly yelling about no, 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 no. At some point, in some point that day when we were recording, you sang. I didn't. I don't believe you. That's okay. <laughs> but it's true. Okay. All right. Well, my special guest notebook and I are present now, and your singing is beautiful and is going to stay in the episode. Let's talk about... I apologize to our listeners for that. (laughs) I love it. So enlighten me, special guest notebook. Special guest notebook would like to introduce today camera models. I love this plan. Yeah. As in like, you know, sex workers and (laughs) pornographers. I'm glad that you clarified so people weren't thinking Canon versus Sony. No, no, no. I guess you could use Canon or Sony to record this type of camera model, but no, I don't mean like a Target ad. I mean like an OnlyFans. I love this. Yes. Specifically, part of our conversation today is going to be about OnlyFans, but I wanted to give a little bit of background around camera models first, because obviously like without these women that I'm going to talk about, like, we wouldn't even have 
camera models probably Mm -hmm. or we would but you know credit is due so my disclaimer before getting into some information about camera models is this episode is intended only for open mature and honest conversation the information provided in this episode is meant to be educational not to project judgment on anyone for their desires interests fantasies or livelihood As long as all parties are consenting and are above the age of 18, we give exactly zero fucks what you do with your free time. Agreed. I love that I got to say zero fucks in the disclaimer. And your answer was agreed. I mean, I do. I don't really know. (laughs) This This is why we're best friends. So let's start with a little bit of background specifically on webcam models. That's really what they're technically called, but I couldn't find it before. And it's literally the top thing on the page of notes. Very well done. Thank you. Thank you. So according to Wikipedia, the definition of webcam model is as follows. A video performer who is streamed on the internet with a live webcam broadcast. A webcam model often performs erotic acts online, such as stripping, masturbation, or sex acts in exchange for money, goods, or fame. Not a hard concept. Nope. I'm also impressed that Wikipedia has a definition. I know. I honestly looked a couple different places just to see what I could find, and literally, like, everything I found was porn. Like, so Wikipedia was the only place that genuinely provided a definition of what I was looking for, because I promise I didn't look up, like, webcam model. I think I just looked up cam girls. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't sure how to get after what I was really looking for. I personally have zero experience with cam girls or cam boys or webcam anything. Cam people. Cam people. So I wasn't really sure where to like look for this information specifically. So honestly, all of the information I have on the background of webcam models came from Wikipedia because they were like gold for this. I think I probably could have found it also on Urban Dictionary, but I don't really like Urban Dictionary. So some, some information on webcam models. The other thing that I totally forgot to say in my definition is that they may also sell videos that they've recorded previously. So then I think about like, I did this live yeah, and I broadcasted it, but then I'm selling the live to Pornhub. Yep. And I mean, what a great multi-use of this video, right? It's not like a one-time thing. You could you can make money on that a couple different times. Mm-hmm. Cam model is gender neutral. Cam girl is for females and cam boy is for males. And that is specifically as it relates to the model themselves, not their audience. Mm-hmm. So this started really in 1996 when American college student Jenny Ringley, Ringley, That feels real fucking weird to say with my accent, but Jenny made Jenny Cam. How fucking clever. Yeah, took a lot of thought. (laughs) She took still photos of her doing just all the things, like literally just still photos of her doing anything, brushing Mm -hmm. her teeth, folding her laundry, taking off her clothes, like just literally stills. And then she broadcast those images over the internet. So I think about like, she really just created albums of erotic pictures. Mm -hmm. And that was like really where this concept was born. Yeah. In 1998, Jenny divided the site into free versus paying. Also in 98, a commercial site called, are you ready for this? Yes. Amanda Cam. Wow. I'm just saying. Bravo. The women in the 90s 
were rolling in creativity. They clearly were not Celeste. And excuse me, I was a 90s baby. I was also a 90s baby. I might have been rolling in something else, but... (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to 1992. So Amanda Cam was launched. It was the same exact thing that Jenny was doing on Jenny Cam, except she added chats. That bitch. My note actually says, whoa. (laughs) No, I'm very happy for Amanda. Truly, I am. Since 1996, now, quote unquote, camming has become a multi-billion dollar industry, which has an average of 12,500 models on and more than 240,000 viewers at any given time. Wow, that's crazy. I know. Like, what the fuck? Like, don't people have, like, jobs and stuff where, like, you shouldn't be on a fucking... I'm not even talking about the model. I'm not talking about the user themselves. I'm talking about the the viewers. Well, don't you have, like, things to do? Did you hear about that um, businessman? I can't think of what his name is. That was caught. He flipped over to a campsite during a meeting when he <gasps> thought the meeting was on, like... They were supposed to be in a group breakout. And he like team chatted. He like turned his screen to the fucking porn site instead of whatever team breakout thing they're supposed to be looking at. Yeah. What the fuck? He's, a, <laughs> I can't think of his name. He's very high profile. That's, you know, the little sadist in me really enjoys that story. I do. Okay. So let's just fast forward from 1996 because you know that was a minute ago per again wikipedia a survey done in july of 2020 found that the average model in the u.s works for about 18 hours a week and they can earn up to four thousand four hundred and seventy dollars a month wow that's like a normal that's like a normal salary job for 18 hours a week for 18 hours a week yes that's crazy in my very big girl job who works roughly 50 hours a week don't make that Mm -hmm. and i just i just think like whoa a 40 hour a week model or a model who's working full-time earns eleven thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars a month wow Uh uh-huh yeah top models have self-reported an income over three hundred and twelve thousand dollars a year we're in the wrong fucking industry well i mean i'm okay where i am (laughs) you're not wrong but I would take $312,000 a year. Same. Unfortunately, though, on the flip side of that, bottom earners can take home as little as $100 a week. Okay. That would be rough. Mm -hmm. But I really think about... I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. We're going to have a little bit more information. So really, before we start getting into like the other aspect of this, I just want to just ask, like, why is this a bad thing? Like, why are cam models webcam models this concept of putting your body online in a mutually exclusive and beneficial way why is that like frowned upon sex is evil yo i really want this to be the part of the episode where i say sex work is still work i'm gonna say that right now i just said it though you're just looking at me waiting to say it again sex work is work that was the most confusing (laughs) conversation i've ever seen you have with yourself I did. I was just reading your face and it was it was not happening. I wasn't sure if I was responding to that or not. I you didn't though, so I responded to myself. I'm of the position that sex work is work. Yeah, no, I agree one hundred percent. And I think the funny thing is we can see sex selling advertising. Mm-hmm. But people can't make their own choices for what they want to use their bodies for. Yep. It's 
absolutely ridiculous to me. I completely agree with you. And then, so this is, there's some duality to my next question, okay? Mm-hmm. But I do have two concepts that I just, along with like, why can't webcam models do this without flack, right? And judgment. Yeah. But just, again, different perspectives. On the flip side of why do models get trash talked and called hookers and just absolutely are degraded. While clearly I just shared that at any given point, 240,000 people are watching those models. Why doesn't anybody shame those people? Like, why is it just the model? Because it's a bit more hidden. Like they're not on display. You don't know who's watching. There's not, there's not a face to that, that you can put to that as much. That's fair, I guess. But then I think about I think about the wife that walks in on her husband who's watching a cam girl and interacting with her like as a woman I could identify like other women who would be mad at the model, not at their husband. That's their own issues. You're not wrong. But then my second part of this question is kind of to your point, like for the viewer perspective, who the fuck cares what they're fucking watching? Like this is, I go back to like, this is if you are somebody who enjoys watching cam girls or cam boys or cam models, like this is not me judging you. I'm just curious, just point blank, why the stigma is towards the model, but not toward the viewers. But I think that you answered that well, and that makes sense. But I really just, in my experience of of people who have shared their opinions with me on cam models, it's always like super negative toward the model. Well, people also can't stand the idea of individuals using their body to make money. I mean, look at the relationship between strippers and people that go to view strippers. Mm -hmm. It's the same concept. It absolutely is. And I think the same question could be applied there. Like, why do people trash talk strippers, but they don't trash talk the thousands of men who go to strip clubs a day? Because the, the people that go to strip clubs aren't making the money from selling their body. People have issues with people selling their body, which is why I find sex selling advertising so ironic. Yeah, I hear you. Or not ironic, hypocritical. Hypo- a little ironic, though. Don't you think? Isn't it ironic? Uh, I do want to take back my comment before about only men going to strip clubs. That was not in any way a hateful thing or anti-men like i know women go to strip clubs too fun fact i've never been to a strip club have you ever been to a strip club yeah i was debating if i should say it's nothing to talk home about talk home about yeah i don't know my experience was not anything to (laughs) write home about about. yeah thank you i just i have been that was where we went for my 18th birthday oh fun i just i part of me just wants to go because i have never done it and Also, part of me doesn't want to go because I feel like I would likely drink and then I would try to get on the pole myself (laughs) and I'd get real hurt real quick. (laughs) What's even more interesting is when you recognize one of the girls on stage. Oh, and you're like, oh, hey, 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 girl, hey. I actually don't think I'd hate that. I mean, I'd probably like tip her really well. Just hell yeah. Hey, girl, hey. All right. So thank you for answering those questions with me. Thank you for talking about that with me. The thing that I really want to get into with this conversation, now that we've really talked about the history of webcam models and the reason that I thought of this conversation was, I mean, the holidays are here, right? Mm -hmm. And this year, especially, so many people are struggling financially. And I know in some of the groups of people that I am in, 
OnlyFans has been a topic like consistently. And there's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of prejudice. There's a lot of excitement around it. And I really was just curious. Like, and I just wanted to dive deep into OnlyFans and really look at like, is this company beneficial for people who are interested in moving in this direction, even if that just means keeping the lights on? Yeah. Because I recognize that so many people are struggling financially this year to the point where they don't feel, they feel like they don't have any options Mm -hmm. besides something like this. And the beauty of webcam modeling versus actual prostitution is one, it's not illegal. And two, you get to do it from the safety and comfort of your own home. Plus, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I think another benefit of doing something like an OnlyFans versus, say, getting into actual porn is you are your own director. It's probably safer. Safer. And, I mean, to an extent, it is more beneficial to you financially because then you're not paying that middleman. Yep. Because OnlyFans, and we'll talk about it, but OnlyFans takes a percentage of your cut because obviously they're hosting your content on their site. But I mean, there's some, there is some negative shit we're going to talk about with OnlyFans that kind of sort of might contradict this theory. But I think basic principle, you are correct Mm -hmm. that doing a webcam modeling would be safer and also more beneficial financially because you're removing basically that director. Yeah. So I would agree with that. Also, some of the things that some webcam models had shared in the information that I was reading was that, no, I'm going to get into it because I think I took those quotes down. So the definition of OnlyFans, according to Wikipedia, is a British content subscription service based in London. Content creators can earn money from users who subscribe to their content, the quote-unquote fans. It is popular with sex workers, but it also hosts different content creators from other genres, such as physical fitness experts, musicians, musicians... Apparently my mouth doesn't want to say the word musicians and other content creators who post regularly online. It allows content creators to receive funding directly from their fans on a monthly basis, along with tips and the pay per view feature. So honestly, at this point in the conversation, my thought was, hey, that sounds just like Patreon. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about that too. Okay, so some history on OnlyFans. Again, this was this is still from Wikipedia. I do change websites and sources at some point, but this was again, you guys, like really looking this up was so difficult because every time I tried to do genuine research, I just got redirected to porn. Yeah. Like it was crazy. And I did in fact do this research on my cell phone so that I could do it in incognito mode, which made it much more difficult because I'm trying to like hold my phone and read while also write in my special guest notebook. And it was just a clusterfuck. So I need you to know that I have like seven pages of notes and it was extra fucking hard to get them. That was like my small moment where I just am like silently in my head hearing applause. I'm playing the world's tiniest violin Thank for you. Thank you. Oh, you're so good to me. No problem. So according to Wikipedia, OnlyFans was launched in 2016 as a website for social media performers to allow their followers to subscribe for a monthly fee and see clips and photos. Again, hey, Patreon. 
Pornography is allowed on OnlyFans. In fact, the website mainly is used by pornographic models, both amateur and professional, but it also has a market with chefs, fitness enthusiasts, and musicians. Users must be 18 years old to register no matter what. So even if you're like, oh my God, I like this chef, too bad broski, gotta be 18. Mm -hmm. There's some things with that though we're going to get into. Little is known about the parent company, which is called Phoenix International Limited. I'm sorry. Maybe I've watched too many Ozark episodes, but that definitely sounds like a shell company to me. Would you like a tinfoil hat now or later? I would like to announce that I consider myself a hushling. (laughs) Shout out to the Hush Hush Society podcast. I fucking love their show. I'm a hushling. Plus, they call their fucking listeners hushlings. Like, we can all take a moment to smile about that. But I will take my tinfoil hat later, after we have this conversation, because my research kind of proves the fuck I'm talking about. Okay. All right. I love your little (laughs) arm wiggle, shoulder wiggle. That's what I was looking for. I got into it with my head for a second. So this information that I got came from Bloomberg.com. The article is called OnlyFans is a billion dollar media giant hiding in plain sight. Felt like that was a pretty descriptive fucking title. A quote from the article says, the site wants musicians, gamers, and athletes to join adult models in selling subscriptions. End quote. According to Tim Stokely, the company's founder and CEO, OnlyFans is adding as many as 50,000 users a day. What? That's crazy. And and paying out more than 200 million a month to its creators. Wow. What in the actual fuck? That's real fucking money. Those are real fucking people. Like just in quantities alone. Oh my god. In a way though, it reminds me of Twitch minus the fact that Twitch doesn't allow pornography. I think that you are correct about that, except specifically when I think about Twitch, I only think of gaming. Yeah, you live in a small world, though. I do. That's true. There's a lot more on Twitch than just gaming. Is there really? Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, there's literally anything you can think of. Two of the streamers that I enjoy watching is a body paint artist Mm -hmm. and a pianist. A penis? pianist oh i know that that's really what that's called but that is not what i heard you say and i was like why are you watching a penis on twitch what does it do it just hangs out what so i was confused i know that jeffree star has a twitch and he plays pinball on his twitch but jeffree star is also a racist yeah can we not give jeffree star any time no i'm i literally i literally just wanted to fucking say his name so i could indicate that i know he's a fucking racist yeah i know but he doesn't deserve his name sent anywhere Back to OnlyFans. Fuck that guy. (laughs) All right. So OnlyFans currently has about 85 million, holy fuck, 85 million users and an upward of 1 million creators and will generate more than $2 billion in sales as of this year. And the site keeps 20% of that. Do the math in your head because I can't. What's 20% of 2 billion? Well, it's 200 billion. 20% of 2 million is 200 billion? No. 20% of 2 billion is 200 million. I will take 200 million. Yeah. It's just, it's just weird because you think 2 billion, mm-hmm. 200 million. I'm not mad at either of those numbers. It's like comparing Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates. The, the number is just very significantly different. I feel you. But still more money than I'll probably ever make. Oh, yeah. So that's a lie. My goal is to be a millionaire. I don't have that goal. I have no reason to have that much money. I'll share with you. I just want this house paid off. 
and a good college fund for Moose. I'll do both of those things. Okay. But also, you'll be part of that because the way that I'm going to be a millionaire is through this podcast. Okay. So then you'll also be a millionaire. Okay. I love that we're on this adventure together. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) So this article goes on to say, they go on to compare the growth rate of OnlyFans to Patreon, which is currently valued at $1.2 billion. So Patreon itself is currently rated, or I'm sorry, valued at $1.2 billion. OnlyFans was not that. I honestly can't remember what the worth of OnlyFans was. I didn't write it down, but I think it was like 400 million. Okay. Whereas Patreon is 1.2 billion. Yes, those were the numbers now that I am really thinking about it. Yes. Which is a stark difference. And also given some information we have later in the things that I wrote down, I just want to throw out there that I'm really glad that we're on Patreon. Same. And also, I'm sorry that I called Patreon people fucking assholes for monitoring my content and not allowing me to say fucking assholes. Yes. How dare you try to protect people from things that they don't want to hear? <laughs> Freedom of speech, First Amendment. Um, so let's talk about Tim Stokely. Okay. Again, may I help you? I was thinking about how freedom of speech doesn't apply to that situation. It totally does. I have the freedom to say fucking asshole whenever I want to. And I have the freedom to filter out you saying fucking asshole, so... But I'm still allowed to say it. Yeah, but... Okay, well, Patreon's not filtering us out. They're just saying, like... Thank you for just proving my theory. I am going to tell you about Tim Stokely now. Thank you. You're welcome. Love you. So this is still on Bloomberg.com. Same article. But Tim Stokely, interesting character. Not the most interesting character in the story, but here we go. Stokely founded OnlyFans after creating a fucking hoopla of less successful websites. Okay. Hoopla. Hoopla. It's a lot. In 2011, he created Glam Worship, a site specializing in a sexual fetish known as financial domination, in which a submissive client offers up gifts or money to a dominant partner. I have literally never heard of this. That's super cool. I haven't either. And you know what? I really appreciated it, like, to a degree, right? Like, financial domination, like... Okay. A direct quote from the article is, over time, Glam Worship customers increasingly gave suggestions on what they'd like to see from the site's hundreds of models, many of whom started to accept custom video requests through Twitter. So basically, at the time of Glam Worship, you could be like, oh my God, I found this model. Her name is Allie. I really like her. And then I, as the user, would be like, hey girl, meet me over on Twitter. And you'd be like, hey, I'm going to financially dominate your ass over on Twitter. And then I'm like, I want you to fulfill this for me. And they're like, okay. And they totally cut out the website altogether. Yeah. So I don't know if Twitter even still allows shit like that. Again, this was 2011. So that was pretty early, I think, in the Twitter game too. I'm not sure. I have no idea. We have like porn people try to add us on Twitter do you really? <laughs> on our account all the time, yeah. Do you accept them? Um, No, because it's more like, hey, if you're interested oh. in... <laughs> So it's not like as actual followers, no, they're like they're... trying to sell us shit. Yeah, exactly. It's not oh. people. It's it's robots from... Got it. Got it, got it, got it. It's robots from keywords of porn being in our... Sure. Okay. Our takes and stuff. Got it, got it, got it. 
All right, I'm with you. So Stokely woke up one day and he was just like, you know, bro, I'm going to put these ideas together. I'm going to put this concept of my clients telling me what they want and these whatevers with the videos that my models are then sneaking behind my back and sending on Twitter anyway. Like, Mm -hmm. so let's make a site where fans can request videos from their pornographers. The models can satisfy the fetishes and interests directly on the site so they don't have to leave yeah next came custom for you these are terrible names i totally agree with you they get better though this sounds like a website development name you know i think that's all tim tim stokely did though was website development like there was not a ton of information that i can remember about his background and what he did before he started making these sites I really do think he was just a web developer. Mm -hmm. So custom for you was a service in which you could order tailored videos. Stokely presented this website and its services at the AVN, which is the Adult Entertainment Expo. Yep. I've never heard of that. And all I imagine is like a fucking expo in like a warehouse or something just like an expo filled with dildos. I mean, I've seen some videos where that's not that's not accurate, but it's I, also I, not. I do. I imagine like <laughs> I imagine like Comic Con, but with it's, dildos. It's actually the ones I've seen are actually really like glitzy. So not Comic Con with dildos. Well, I guess we can run with that idea. My like, imagination's so happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dear listener, I hope you imagine the visual of Comic Con plus dildos, and you also smile. I'm just thinking of field of penis. Country fried chewy penis oh, is on the menu. That's not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of field of penis from the conversation in the group chat the other day. I don't recall this conversation. Nikki being a firefighter in a field dominated by penis. Oh yes. That's literally all I thought when you said Comic Con, but with dildos. Dildo con. So Cockacon. Oh, Cockacon. That might be the title of this episode. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Captain Cock, here to save the day. See, now I just think of a rooster. Uh, The Adult Entertainment Expo, let's go back there, is the largest trade show in the industry. Yeah, it is. In the adult entertainment industry. And I just thought that was interesting because, again, this is something I've never heard of. So, can I help you? (laughs) I'm just... I'm just slipping in innuendos when you're not noticing. Please continue. You're the worst. She's silently laughing, just so everyone knows. You said it's the largest, and I said, yeah, it is. That's what she said. Yeah, exactly. Please continue. (laughs) Basically, custom for you was like an eBay experience where you could negotiate between the user and the pornographer. The model always controlled what she was willing to do and for how much and for how long. Like, so if, if the user was like, I want you to do whatever. She's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll do that for X dollars for X amount of time. You good with that? And if he said no, she didn't have to do it. If he said yes, it was a deal and it was a transaction. So I really think about like eBay and how that could go back and forth. Thank you, Notebook. The next company was this. mm, I struggle with this. The next company was 121 with, as in 121 W 
I-T-H. I don't even, as we talk about the website, it just doesn't make sense as a website name. So this was a marketplace where tradespeople, such as plumbers and real estate agents, could sell their expertise via an audio or a video call. So basically, it was like, kind of like Angie's List, mm-hmm. but not. And it was like video exchanges. But then I go back to, it was called 121 With. And I just, yeah, I have no idea. That's fucking stupid. Good job, Tim. So after this guy's richer than we'll ever be, <laughs> you're just berating him. So working with custom for you and 121 with Stokely said, quote, it allowed him to gain a much better understanding of how the creator fan relationship works. Stokely launched OnlyFans in 2016. In 2018, he sold the majority stake in the business to Leon Redvinsky, a Chicago-based internet entrepreneur with a background in adult entertainment. So this is still according to Bloomberg.com. And this was kind of like the first red flag for me where I was like, Hmm, seems a little sketch. This article said Redvinsky was once sued by Microsoft for allegedly sending millions of deceptive emails to Hotmail users. Lawyers responded that the allegations were without merit and the case was later dismissed. That's all the article said. That was it, period. Dropped it right there. And I was like, hmm, let's look at that. Let's explore that a little bit because I was really thinking to myself, this is a $400 million website and this guy's been accused of this? That seems sketchy. Well, that's not tracking to me in anything where there's millionaire or billionaire industries involved. Are you raining on my parade of this bad guy? I'm just saying there's a lot of bad guys. Please continue with this bad guy. I'm going to tell you about this fucking bad guy. Cool. Okay. 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 So the very first successful, this is still on the Bloomberg website, okay? Because my thought process hadn't gone completely to Radvinsky yet. I was like, let's finish this article and what we can get here. The first successful creators on OnlyFans after launching were Jem Wolf, J-E-M Wolf. She was a fitness model and a chef in Australia who grew very quickly and earned $1 million on the website by sharing, quote unquote, spicy videos of herself. The next top earning model or creator on OnlyFans was a user named Alia Jones, who went by Alia Girl, who is, quote unquote, a devout Christian turned web siren. This is a direct quote from the article. New subscribers are greeted with a naked photo of her captioned, webcam to the cult. We have boobies. Not a bad slogan. I I liked it. I felt, you know, I felt it was a little taboos and I was like, you know, we have boobies. Go Alia. Like this girl. Jones reported, quote, I like it that OnlyFans takes 20%, which is much lower than the prior industry standard of a 50% minimum. Holy fuck. What the fuck? I literally wrote that in my notes with a giant 50% exclamation point question mark. That is so much take Mm -hmm. for what what did you do what did you do you literally just hosted my content and you get 50 percent of it fuck off that's how i felt yep also how jem felt apparently 
The quote continues to say, I like that it's much more strategic and disconnected than live camming was. Live camming requires very high energy, personable charm, whereas OnlyFans really rewards things like good marketing ability and clever pricing techniques. I also get to interact with my fans throughout the day with very low effort instead of having to put a lot of effort into getting ready and to doing a full show. Yeah, for low effort. Lay for... Lay? I mean, kind of appropriate. Yay for minimum effort, maximum results. Like, Mm -hmm. work smarter, not harder. I absolutely love that fucking idea. What I think is interesting, though, about this concept is truly the models are recognizing, like, how much work goes into live camming. Yep. And I just, that sounds exhausting. Like, if I put myself in the position of, like, I could make stupid money doing this. So Mm -hmm. for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to say I'm entertaining this idea. I'm not actually entertaining this idea, but let's just pretend mm-hmm. for a minute, okay? Dear listeners, pretend with us. Put down your judgy McJudgers in pants, and let's pretend to think about entertaining the idea of being sex workers. Okay? I don't think our listeners own a pair of those pants. If you do, burn them. Okay? So, as I think about this, I think about I'm going to enter this industry. I don't want to be on a fucking live camera. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I want to control the interaction the way that I want to do it. I don't want... Live just sounds like just exhausting. And then you have to be put on at all times. You have Mm -hmm. to have your hair done, your makeup done. You have to be ready to go at all times. Whereas what OnlyFans is offering is also that chat function of like, we can engage all day and that counts as me doing work without actually doing fucking work. Yeah. Which sounds amazing. And again, at a 20% take instead of a fucking 50. Mm-hmm. Not bad so far, right? Yep. Okay. Until this year, the business was growing at a steady rate. However, the pandemic... Pandemic. They damn pandemic. Yeah, that was weird. Uh-huh. I don't even know where that fucking came from. Apparently, you need a... One of the previous lives that I've led clearly had a southern accent because <laughs> that just came out. All right, start over. Another direct quote is, however, the pandemic has boosted the site to a new height altogether as people are out of work and are looking for a new way to make money at a time when everyone is stuck at home and desperate to be entertained. Mm -hmm. So again, when I think about myself as in entertaining this idea, she's totally right. Now would be the perfect fucking time to do it because that 240,000 user count probably has gone up pretty extreme because we're all at home. Yeah. And your boss can't accidentally walk in on you in your office doing this, right? Mm -hmm. Except for that one guy. (laughs) Sorry to that one guy, you fucking idiot. Strippers and porn stars are eager to make up for their lost earnings and have flocked to OnlyFans, while regular strip club customers have found a new place to get their jolt of excitement. End quote. So I have in my notebook, you can see, I, I just have thoughts at this point of... I really think that that concept is a really good, like, tangible image of classism. And I think about all of the people who are struggling so much and so badly that this is the only resort they have, right? I'm not even talking about people who are genuinely interested in becoming webcam models. I'm talking about the people who feel as though they don't have another option. The men and women who feel as though the only way that they can keep the lights on is by selling their bodies. But then on the flip side, I think about I think about the number of people who have been so unaffected by the pandemic 
and all the things that are happening, especially on an economic level, where they can quite literally just throw money away to this entertainment concept. Mm -hmm. That is classism. It is. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I I just really thought about that as I was doing this this research. And that's not against the models. And it's also not against specifically the users. But just on a socioeconomic scale, that's exactly what it is. People who have to work, who are the entertainment because they don't have other income, but then also the wealthy people who pay for that entertainment. And I kind of sort of think of like in a sick way, like a king and a queen and a joker and how that dynamic works. This is kind of that same thing in just a 21st century edition. Just to clarify though, you're speaking of the people that feel forced into this. Correct. Yes. And like I said before, not the people who are doing this because they're interested in it or it gives them reclaimment of their sexuality or anything like that. I'm specifically talking about men and women who do feel forced into doing this because it's the only option, Mm -hmm. right? And kind of like we talked about last week, we talked, we touched a little bit on debt. If models are really capable of making this much money and being this successful what a great way to do it right Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that everybody's going into it thinking about how exciting this is going to be and how thrilling this is going to be some people are really thinking about it in the sense of how do i not get kicked out of my fucking house yeah so there's that but also i think i do think though that this concept is just i I know where it came from i know where the concept of sex work came from uh shout out to hulu who has a series called harlots It's fascinating and very well done. And for anybody who really appreciates a very strong English accent, that shows the shit. Love it. I've learned so many creative words from watching that show. I binged like all five seasons in three days because I'm disgusting. And I know that the concept of sex work genuinely started from a classist perspective. So I think that maybe that sits with me too. Well, yeah, sex work and sex servants have been around basically all the time. Thank you for exploring that thought with me. I mean, again, like judgment free, absolutely not calling anybody anything bad. I'm just saying like, again, from a societal perspective, it's a demonstration of classism. So remember that Redvinsky guy? Mm -hmm. Let's go back to talking about him for a second. Long time, actually. So according to ForensicNews.net, Leonid Ravinsky, who goes by Leon, is a Ukrainian-American who is well-known in the online pornography and camming world for nearly two decades. His most successful site prior to OnlyFans was My Free Cams. Redvinsky is on the naughty list, though, and we're going to talk about why. Did you say My Free Hams? Cams. I heard hams. He became a fucking millionaire giving away free hams. She's laughing, just so everybody knows. (laughs) You killed it. You did amazing. I can't get the image out of my head. Okay, please continue. You get a ham. You get a ham. Everybody gets a ham. Hank's like, ham? Oh, they're lying. Shit, Rast was just kidding. I'm going back to sleep. (laughs) He faced several, and the article really says many, but I said several, lawsuits against him and his companies in the 2000s. Allegedly, patent and copyright infringements 
were made. The most serious lawsuit that he faced came in 2003 and 2004 when both Microsoft and Amazon sued Ravinsky and multiple companies under his control. So back to those Hotmail messages, that's kind of where this lawsuit is based out of. Mm -hmm. So they were really emails illegally and deceptively labeled, and they were saying that they were from Amazon. Okay. And guess what? They weren't? They weren't. Shocker. Dun, dun, dun. All of these cases were settled out of court, and most of the cases resulted in Ravinsky agreeing to a permanent injunction effectively admitting that he will no longer engage in the alleged infringements. So basically, your boy said he did it. Mm -hmm. And he was sorry and he wouldn't do it again. Which I call bullshit because Redvinsky has a pretty legitimate history with a bunch of other shit. Redvinsky has been accused of theft made by various users and content creators of both my free cams or hams if you're Allie, and also OnlyFans. Creators and users have had their accounts banned without notice, with the money in their accounts being taken, like just like gone. Okay. One model reported that she lost thousands of dollars. Also, Redvinsky, next bullet mark for this guy, has been accused of tax fraud. One model. Yeah, of course. Surprise, surprise. One model who worked on My Free Cams said that she lost $30,000. Shortly after this, My Free Cams filed bankruptcy. So there's absolutely nothing sketchy there. She said that My Free Cams did not ever pay her or offer an apology. Literally was just like, and that $30,000 is mine. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Gone. I'm sure that that wasn't the only time that that happened. Yeah. So the next thing, this is still on parts parts of Redvinsky, but also my note says OnlyFans isn't innocent. I love that you pointed that like I can read it all the way over here. Hey, I know you're blind, but look at this. You can't even look at my special guest notebook. Can't even read your own handwriting. Read mine from across the room. I mean. But my special guest notebook is so cute. It's beautiful. So this is still from ForensicNews.net. Same article. Only fans, creators, and models are echoing the concerns of MFC, which is what I'm going to call my free cams, to eliminate the confusion of it being about ham. So they are echoing the concerns of MFC creators. One former quote-unquote top-earning model on OnlyFans who went by the name of Goddess Megan exclamation point told Forensic News that her account was quote-unquote taken by OnlyFans in July without warning. She went to withdraw $3,000 in her tips specifically. So this isn't even like her payday Mm -hmm. from content. It's purely her tips. That is 100% her money. And it was rejected. She went to customer service and they informed her that her profile had been deleted permanently. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. The site came forward at some point with some bullshit about the account being deleted because a customer submitting a claim to their bank saying that they didn't authorize the transaction or subscription to OnlyFans. Her $3,000 in tips were not from one user. Yeah. So fuck off. There were lots of model stories and testimonies of lots and lots of fucking money just missing, just completely gone into the fucking atmosphere. One model lost $18,000, which is like real fucking money. One user reported being charged $500 for a $2 a month prescription. Subscription. Yep. Prescriptions are fun too. 
But seriously, could you imagine signing up for a subscription for something that's two, $2 a month? Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. And you get charged 500 Yeah. That mm-hmm. is a big deal. Shit like that happens all the time. That's just, it's just crazy to me that that's, that hap- it is crazy to me that that happens. I know it does. Like, I'm not an idiot. I'm not ignorant to that. But the fact that it happens is so wrong. I just don't understand it. Yeah. Like, also, it's really fucking bad business. This person, honestly, I can't even tell you how many subscriptions I've started. $2, $4, $8, whatever. And I fucking forget about it. Well, that's the point. That's what they're looking for. I know. Okay. So just keep my shit at $2. And let me forget about it for eight years. And, and you know what? You might have $500 from me. But instead, you fuck me over by charging me $500 on a $2 a month subscription. And now I'm like, fuck this. I'm definitely taking my debit card off of this. Mm-hmm. I understand that the ploy there then is that I can maybe work with my bank or my credit card company and get reimbursed. Like this, this user who lost his $500 did get reimbursed from his bank or his credit card company. I don't fucking remember. But it doesn't change the fact that OnlyFans still got that money. Yeah. So I understand that OnlyFans thinks that it's a victimless crime, but it's not. And I go back to it's just fucking bad business. So there, there was my thought on that. Also, that same guy, that same guy who got charged the 500, his OnlyFans subscription remains to this day broken blocked unsubscribed banished I, they just said that he doesn't have access to the account anymore hmm. so not only did they take his money they were like you're not our friend anymore i mean i wouldn't want to be after that i wouldn't want to be either but i think it's interesting that the site literally takes money from people content creators and users and then is like boy bye again it's just a bad business model like i just don't i think it's stupid OnlyFans indicates that it is not intended for anyone under the age of 18. Per their privacy policy, quote, we have checks to ensure that we do not knowingly offer our services or collect personal information from anyone under 18 or anyone who is using false identity information. These checks involve passing the following information to a third party who verifies the information and that third party was not identified. So, okay, that's sketchy. Well, generally in instances like that, they don't identify their third party for security reasons. I hear you. But at the same time, it's sketchy to say, oh, that went to a third party and then it literally didn't go anywhere and there's no investigation being done, which can I go back to my special guest notebook? Yep. Okay. Among the data that OnlyFans claims to share is your full name, date of birth, your passport or other identification number, your address, and your selfie photo. That is what they claim they send off to this third-party company. Per Forensic News, who had several journalists go undercover as users and as content creators said this. We were not prompted to provide a selfie or any identifying information. Quote, OnlyFans is notorious for being an interface for amateur porn, and studies have shown that explicit photos and videos of minors are being shared on the platform. The lack of identification concerns creators and content consumers alike. End quote. So really, the people who did this research in investigative journalism created accounts as creators and as users and not one of them had to verify their age and yet this is something that OnlyFans claims they're on top of verify their age or verify their 
like passports and pictures and stuff. Okay, yes. They did not have to verify that I, Celeste, am the person that matches this passport. Yeah. So you could literally have, you could take your mom's fucking passport as a 14-year-old boy and be like, this is me now. I mean, none of that is shocking or new to me at all. They only have to... You remember when Pokemon Go was getting sued for people walking into traffic and not paying attention? Mm-hmm. And they had to put in the don't fucking Watch walk where you're fucking <laughs> yeah, walking. Yeah, don't walk into traffic. They literally only have to cover themselves enough to say that they disclaimered it. And then they're covered for liability purposes. I really don't like the idea of minors being on this website. I don't either. But I'm just explaining for legality purposes, their asses are covered. Are their asses covered from a user perspective? Okay, so I hear you say their asses are covered from a user perspective, but what about from a creator perspective? Saying that you must be 18 to be a creator, but then like literally kitty porn is on this website. You're literally signing like a contract saying that you understand this is what you have to adhere to according to their rules. So you could be a minor content creator who just signed this illegally. Yeah, exactly. They can claim... Negligence. They, they can claim they didn't know. Exactly, yeah. I said negligence. I meant ignorance. Yep. But they can still claim that. I just... I understand what you're saying and I understand... I hear you playing devil's advocate, be, which I appreciate, right? This is a business conversation. So I hear you saying, as the business entity, as long as I am protected and saying, we don't allow this then quote unquote out of my control if it happens. Exactly. I'm with you there. At the same time though, it is recognizable that this website is distributing images and videos that contain minors. And I don't like that. Oh yeah, of course not. I know you don't either. That's not, I know you don't either. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like it's a delicate balance and I don't like either side of it. They should be actively working to prevent things like that occurring. I agree. But I'm just saying from an entry standpoint, Mm -hmm. their asses are covered. I hear you. I think also, though, thinking about the other like super shady things that are happening on this website make me feel less inclined to fall to that liability we're covered thing. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy's already a bad guy in my mind. And then to hear and to recognize that they're not validating ages and also there is video and pictures of minors on the website. Like those two concepts together just immediately like make me think that this is like intentionally criminal. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I don't like it. So there was my thought and I'm doing this like weird dance with my hands. Okay, so other thoughts on OnlyFans things. Although OnlyFans does watermark their content photos can easily be screenshot and edited and then redistributed so Mm -hmm. i think a lot about like privacy if i were to do this again in my thought process of imaginary sex worker i definitely wouldn't want my content to be distributed unless i was getting paid for it of course so that concept of my shit being easily screenshot i'd be super against Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, but you could do that on any platform. Yeah. You could, that's how catfishing happens, yo. Like, I just took some pictures off of fucking somebody else's Facebook and I was like, this is me. Mm -hmm. But I think about specifically in the concept, in this concept of not only are those pictures very intimate and very private between me and my client, 
but also I'm then not getting paid for them, which was the intention of the photo. Yeah, that's the issue with putting any sort of anything on the internet. Fucking internet. Hence why all my social media is on lockdown. Also on lockdown, except not really my Twitter because my honestly, all I use my Twitter for is for us. Yeah. So, I mean, I just posted a picture of Hank and I on my Twitter, but he's basically our mascot. So I'm the taboo's mascot. All right. Um, so there are also drug trafficking allegations on the website, which I go back to Ukrainian American fucking gangster. Of course, there's drug trafficking accusations. Quote, OnlyFans continues to thrive publicly with celebrities like Cardi B joining the platform while behind the scenes content creators are sounding the alarm about a pattern of illegality and exploitation. End quote. That was beautiful. So what are your thoughts about just this concept as a whole? Like, lay it on me. I want your thoughts. Well, I think you have the right to do whatever you want with your body. So more power to sex workers in whatever form that may be. As far as the allegations of illegal activities and such, I mean, that's rampant. And anything that has any form of sexual nature, like Pornhub, is a huge Mm -hmm. proponent of it as well. It's the industry, unfortunately. And it's yeah. it's a lot of businesses in general. It is a lot of businesses in general. Actually, as you said, Pornhub, I thought about this meme that's like two dudes and they're shaking hands together and one dude is wearing a Disney shirt and the other dude is wearing a Pornhub shirt and it says, what do Disney and Pornhub have in common? And then under it, the punchline is that they are looking for girls who are over 18 but look under 18. Yep. And I, that sits with me sometimes as I'm watching Disney Channel shows with Tiny. And I'm like, yeah, Demi Lovato was definitely in her 20s in this video. And she looks like she's 17. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's really disturbing to me that youth is sexualized to such a degree and so consistently that it's normal. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. I don't like that. And it's been that way for forever. I know. I do know that. So I, I'm not saying that I just fucking like shined a flashlight on this theory that's never been talked about. But really, I don't think it's talked about enough because it still happens. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why. Like, I don't understand why people feel as though at X age, like beauty stops being a concept and then it only applies to like younger people. And it just kind of perpetuates this concept of like pedophilia just everywhere. Well, I don't think that's a general society. I think that's a subgroup of people that we don't want to be around. Okay, but didn't we just talk about this being a Disney thing too? Well, Disney and Hollywood hires older actors to play younger parts due to their range. And the fact that it's easier to control control direct older actors than it is to direct younger actors or actresses that's fair i also just think about there's a lot of super sexualized stuff in disney though that's incredibly uncomfortable yeah and not just disney this isn't just an anti-disney thing i'm actually a big fan of disney for a lot of things but not this but it is it's a lot of it's a lot of kid entertainment that is geared that way too like Nickelodeon is just as guilty. Mm. SpongeBob lives in Bikini Bottom with Mr. Krabs. Like, come on. That's nasty. My other thought on it was 
going back to the people who consume this sort of media, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong there either. No. And, like, in my opinion, this form of entertainment, as pretty much everything we discuss on our podcast, needs to be destigmatized. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just find the duality around sexual expectations really insane. I think that was sort of the concept that I was talking about before in the sense of why do people talk shit about sex workers, but they don't talk shit about the people who are hiring sex workers. But to your point, I agree with you of it shouldn't matter if you are a sex worker or if you are hiring a sex worker. What you do with your free time is your fucking, that's your fucking business, Mm -hmm. not mine. So... The reason I present it that way is to point out both sides of the double-edged sword, but also to say the short, the sword shouldn't fucking matter. Yeah. I really think that we need to start moving past the, we can use sex to sell, but mm-hmm. we can't sell sex to live. I agree. I agree with that completely. And also, something that you said earlier that really has sat with me throughout this conversation is that sex work has been work for since the beginning of fucking humanity. And that is real as fuck. Mm-hmm. And also, really, the feminist in me really struggles with that because that's really demoralizing that since the beginning of time, the the only consistent thing that women had to sell was themselves. It wasn't just women, though. Young boys were sex workers all the time, especially in the Greco-Roman era. You're right. Maybe that's less of a feminist thing and more of my just humanitarian thought process of... I support it. I'm for it. Like, I'm not against anybody. But also at the same time, isn't it sad that the only thing that you have to sell is sex? Like, that if that's the only way you have to get ahead in life, I don't know. I just think about, I think about, again, the people who aren't choosing that lifestyle because it is exciting for them. I think about the people who choose that lifestyle because, one, they don't know any better because they've been exploited their whole life. Or two, they don't have another option. Well, yeah, I mean, and... In present day instances, yes, it's definitely a problem. Why do you use the term present day instead of always, like throughout history? I'm not saying that history is correct or that I approve of it, but context is important. That's fair. I respect that. Like women didn't work in factories. It just, I mean, that's far beyond the eras that we're discussing, but... Mm -hmm they didn't have those skill sets. And honestly, sex wasn't as stigmatized as No, it as wasn't. Now. So that's a big thing. It wasn't this big taboo. It was more accepted. To a degree, yes. Specifically though, what I want to what I want to point to that comment is sex work mm-hmm. wasn't as stigmatized. And there was a very clear Okay, so I I learned this from Harlots, which is a drama series, whatever, but the history on it is actually very valid, and I looked into it because I was absolutely fucking fascinated by this show. So to your point, you are correct. The stigmatization really came from the church instead of, like, general population. However, at the time, most general population belonged to the church. Mm -hmm. So that's honestly where that stigma like came forward and was born. And then I think just over time, like people ran with it. Yeah. So we can acknowledge that like 
I'm not opposed to acknowledging that. But also what I I learned from this series, which was just, again, just so good, was that there were actually like different levels of prostitution. Like courtesans. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was so interesting. Like the dynamic of like, you could be like penny level, you could be dollar level, and you could be a $5 bill level. Shout out to Firefly that made me dig into this because I never heard the term courtesan before I started watching Firefly. Oh my God. Yeah. And I didn't know that this was a thing either until Harlots. So you guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, go watch Firefly and go watch Harlots. Mm -hmm. Both really great. I just think the dynamic around sex work in general is just fascinating and there is so much duality to it. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm not trying to be anti-sex work, but I'm also not trying to play the devil's advocate. I'm trying to just show both sides and both perspectives because I really do think about both of it. Cheers to sex workers in whatever that means to you, whether it's actual prostitution or cam girls or cam boys or what the fuck ever. Sugar babies. Like I like I don't I don't care. Do you boo boo? But I also recognize a lot of political feels wrong, but I'm going to say political because I'm not sure what else to call it. But I I do recognize a lot of the negative political components of those concepts as well. Societal? Societal, not political. Thank you. I think one of the main things that you're trying to get across and like sum up is you prefer people to get into it and I prefer people to get into it for the right reasons, for yeah. empowerment mm-hmm. versus a need. Yes. And then for or them, exploitation. Yeah. And then for them to not be judged for their choices. Yep. That's exactly right. Thank you for knowing me well enough. That's why I exist on this show. It is that and a few other reasons. But yes, it's true. You translate for me when I get too into my own head. It's real. So... I love that I sat here for two minutes and here thinking, don't forget what you're about to say. (laughs) So that is correct. That is exactly the position that I've taken. I am trying to take, especially because as I refer back to my special guest notebook, I have written this. Dear listeners. (laughs) Dear listeners. (laughs) I didn't write that part, but dear listeners, this note is for you. If OnlyFans is a site that you are on or are going to use to help provide some sort of financial opportunity for yourself or your family, we ask that you educate yourself on all of the allegations of the site and all of the pros of the site, and we support you in your decision, whatever that means. We just ask that you're smart and educated on the decision that you make. Yep. I felt like I needed to agree because I do agree and I don't know what's coming next. Yep was a good answer, babe. Yep. Yep. The last thing that I had in my notes specifically was a comment from OnlyFan model Sapur. She is still a model on the site. She is a 19-year-old and had this to say about joining. Quote, I am 19, and even though I am legal, I still feel a little like the culture of young women being sexualized by older men is done in such a predatory way. It is not safe for young women to just put themselves out there. There's a fine line between sex positive and body positive, and we need to be aware of how that could be manipulated and used as an excuse to play into pedophilia. Being sexually liberated has nothing to do with being promiscuous, and it has everything to do with sex in what that means to you. It's really hard to stand by that without being called a prude. It's a double-edged sword. Honestly, 
Understand there are so many people who want to exploit that. If you're interested in entering sex work, it is important to do whatever makes you feel comfortable. If it becomes uncomfortable, stop. Just be safe and keep yourself safe. I think that's well said. And I think... Especially because she's 19. I think her comment about promiscuity versus... um, Liberation. Thank you. Yes. I can think of the word she used. And being called a prude for it is really interesting because liberation and promiscuity do not go hand in hand. But in this concept of sex work, they do from like an outsider perspective. I think that's kind of what we've been talking about this whole time with the models getting trashed, but the users remaining anonymous and not getting trashed. The models are choosing liberation. Like, again, the models who want to be doing this are choosing liberation. But Karen and her bridge club look at that liberation as promiscuity. That's interesting. It's two totally different concepts in my head. So that's completely foreign to me. Really? Okay, tell me your concepts. Well, no, I mean, I... I could see how Karen at her bridge club views it. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't have connected the two that way at all. I view it as work. It's yeah. work. It's no, not, I agree. It's not her going out and sleeping with 17 men. And if she wanted to, fine. Like, that's her choice. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs to judge for that. But it, I go back to it's work. Yeah. Like, stop, cut the tape. We're done. Yeah, I agree. And also, in that exact example, first of all, I'd like to say clearly we're not invited to the bridge club game. So I don't know how to play bridge. So this is I don't, probably I don't either. better. I don't either. But also, I think about in that exact example of this woman who, or man, it doesn't matter, but just you had said woman earlier. So I'm going to say this woman who chooses to sleep with 17 men. If she's really doing that, again, that's her choice. That's her business. Stay the fuck out of it. But also, if she's doing it without the intention of being like interested in these 17 men and these 17 men are really only interested in sleeping with her, she should be getting paid for it. She's literally offering them a service. So I agree with you. It's work. How is it? How is it not a service? How is a blowjob not the same on a conceptual level as getting a haircut? Well, then you would have to pay him too. Pay who to? The. Are you talking if she, I was saying if she goes out and sleeps with seventeen guys of her own choosing for her pleasure? Oh. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't clarify. Okay, I agree with you on that piece. It's a distinction. You're not wrong. But Karen and her bridge club. Karen and her bridge. Bridge club doesn't make distinctions. Nope. Caroline makes bridge moves, whatever Just that bridge is. Moves. I don't even know what bridge is. That has a board, right? I think so. Maybe. Cribbage? That's what I confuse bridge and cribbage all the time. So I'm like, it's the one with this, right? The one with the, that looks like, I don't know. Anyway, I think that you have a very valid point And I, I honestly agree with you. Like, I go back to your body, your choice, and everybody should be granted autonomy over their body, especially in the concept of who they sleep with Yep. and for what purpose. Mm-hmm. Or not even sleep with, but also just in the way that they present their body. Yep. So basically, I go back to opening statement of sex work is work and fuck anybody who slut shames. Yep. Agreed. Slut shaming should be another episode, I think. Or we could just roll it into this because I don't know. I don't know if that could be a whole episode. I don't know how to do history on slut shaming. Yeah. Not a different episode. Just a very exaggerated bullet point of this episode. Don't fucking slut shame. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. No matter what sex or gender the person is, nope. don't slut shame. Nope. Nope. Mind your fucking business. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. 
I don't understand why people are so obsessed with what happens in other people's pants. I don't understand that either. Like, really, like, you don't have anything better to do with your fucking time. This never bothers me. And it never has. Whoever is sleeping with whoever else, like, unless it's my fucking partner, I don't give a fuck. Mm Mm-hmm. I never have. The only time I care is if it's my partner because obviously that's my fucking partner and I'm not about cheating. Like, yeah, no. So I don't know. I just, I don't understand this fascination with what anybody else is doing with their fucking genitalia. And yet gossip like that actually sells and is a fucking billion dollar industry. Yep. And I really think about, I think about like magazines, like tabloids and stuff. If they couldn't sell sex, whether that be in the photos or in the stories, literally think of how many magazines would go out of business. Oh yeah, exactly. Completely. Which once again brings me back to we can sell it, but heaven forbid we use it to make money. Right. Like personally. We can sell it, but we can't sell it. Yep. And you know what else I think is really interesting on that on this exact concept? The criminality behind prostitution, which is a whole different episode, like without question. And yet legal in one specific area of our country. Where is it legal in our country? You and I have had this discussion before. It's legal in Vegas. It's legal in Nevada. We've not had this conversation before. Yes, we have because you had that exact same reaction. I don't like that you know this. You were like, what? I was like, yeah. That's why people fly there. That's why people fly there, because there's nothing else there. Oh, my God. It's good to continue that thought for that venture. Yeah, because there's nothing else there. Well, I mean, there's Vegas. Which is gambling and prostitution. I think it's like, it either is Vegas or it's right outside Vegas. I can't remember. Okay, but it's legal. Yep. I just don't recall this conversation, so thank you for educating me on it once again. But yeah, I think it's bullshit that it's considered criminal activity. Just another way for people to control our bodies. Right. But okay, really, let's take the money out of it. If I really was just hooking up with random fucking dudes and not getting paid for it, that's not illegal. (laughs) But the moment that I get paid for it, then it is. Yeah. What's the fucking difference? Like, genuinely, what's the fucking difference? I got paid for... I go back to, like, it's a service. Mm -hmm. Maybe I cut that part. I don't know. I am of the position that it's a service. Yeah. No different than getting your hair cut. So, I mean, yes, different because it's obviously different, but not conceptually. (laughs) You lost me. What part of this is not... What part of this is confusing? Are you saying why is it illegal if... Like what the line is? Yes. There, it's just a fake line. It's a made up line. I understand that. And I think the reason that you're struggling to really grasp what I'm fucking talking about is because this doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, exactly. Not my ramble doesn't make sense. You're asking me a question that there's no good answer to. There you go. I just think you're right. And it shouldn't be this way is really what I'm getting at. I'm really just articulating that conceptually, it is a service. It should be paid for if it is committed as a service. Mm -hmm. And that's nobody else's fucking business. Yeah, I agree. That's literally my bottom line right now. Mm -hmm. And that goes for any kind of sex work. Period. Ta-da. She sticks the landing. Bravo. I, I just did that. And where's my 10 points? Where's my clapping? Where's my... Sorry, I have none of those things for you. I said bravo. You suck. Maybe. So what did you learn here today? 
I thought all that back history behind OnlyFans was super interesting. Yeah. I love I love your conspiracy theory stuff on what's his face. Not that I necessarily disagree with it being wrong. I just thought the whole presentation of it was super fun. Yeah. I just you know, I really just wanted something different and light and, yep. you know, we could speculate on all kinds of shit, but I, I did think it was really interesting. And also, I know a couple of people who specifically have joined OnlyFans. And again, like, I support their decisions. I'm here for it. I don't give a single fuck. But what I think about in a lot of my own personal thought and experience of if I were to the point of making that decision, if I were coming from a place of desperation, not of a place of liberation, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would really look into the website or if I would just do it. Like, did we look into Patreon and any of their legal allegations before we joined Patreon? No, absolutely not. Okay, so I think my point is valid then in saying I thought it were really appropriate to talk about not only the liberation side and fuck everybody and their opinions on what you do with your body parts because that's not their business, but also if you're coming from a place of desperation, having some background about the website is important. Yep, I agree. That's kind of why I wanted to take it there also because it was just a fun and easy conversation plus people really like it when we talk about sex things, so I thought that was a good thing to head into the Christmas week. This is true. Woohoo! Did you just tell me what you learned today? I don't know. Did I? I think you kind of just did. Was there anything additional that you learned today? You know, I actually thought that the background on webcam models mm-hmm. was really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I liked the webcam model history just more than the OnlyFans history. And maybe that was my own personal attitude that went into both perspectives of research. I'm pro webcam girl honestly, or or boy, or model, whatever. I'm pro that. I'm anti people being fucking Ukrainian American gangsters and stealing money and drug trafficking and all that shit. I'm anti that. So I'm probably biased, but I did think that the cam, the, the webcam history was super cool. Mm-hmm. Minus the fact that these women had a fucking prime opportunity and they went with jenny cam and amanda cam lame as fuck you weren't around to come up with something like taboos you want to start a podcast hey nope (laughs) so yeah that's what i learned and this research was just really fun in general i did feel like a little fucking sleuth detective like i should have had a hat and a monocle and a cigar it was a good time i just got a picture of like sherlock holmes missed with is it mr peanut that has a monocle i don't know where the monocle came from but mr peanut does have a monocle did you know that sherlock holmes wasn't even depicted as having the deer hunter i think it's called hat no yep arthur conan doyle didn't even mention that cap if i remember correctly Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Can I tell you now that I'm thinking about Sherlock Holmes though, the movie Enola Holmes on Netflix is like really good. It's really long, but it's really good. And Henry Cavill plays Sherlock Holmes in that movie and he's her big brother. Millie Bobby Brown plays Enola Holmes. And you know how I feel about Henry Cavill Mm -hmm. and his face and his butt chin. And I just... I wasn't as impressed with him in that movie aesthetically. Uh, Now I feel as though I can only see him as Witcher. Yeah, he is a beautiful... Mythical... No, what? uh, what's his name? Geralt. Geralt. I'd have to say my favorite Holmes is always going to be Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, no. 
Mm, I disagree. My favorite Holmes is actually Robert Downey Jr. Have you seen? Have you seen the BBC Sherlock? I don't recall. I disagree. I haven't seen what you're talking about, (laughs) but I disagree. You need to watch the BBC Sherlock. Okay, but for real, tell me that wasn't a Celeste argument right there. It 100% was. Listeners, if you're wondering what our relationship is like, that little scenario sums it up entirely. That was the real us. <laughs> that show actually has one of my favorite quotes that I'm going to completely butcher here. But he turns to one of the police inspectors and tells him to stop talking because he's lowering the IQ of the entire street. Oh, burn. Yep. I love it. I love how our conversation about sex workers turned into a conversation about Sherlock Holmes. Not shot. Not shot. I'm not either. I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. Also, dear listeners, this is a real fucking experience with us. So just so you know, this is how we are. I agree. And I think that those are really good learning moments from the episode. I don't know. I don't know how to segue off of fucking Sherlock Holmes. Moving on from random discussions about... <laughs> Who's the better Sherlock Holmes? We're back, guys. We told you that funny episodes were coming, and here we are. Thanks for going on that little trip with us. It was a fun one. Clearly, Celeste was driving. Yep. Navigate so hard. God, I knew it. That's why I paused. I'm not even going to fucking ask if we can have it, because you're going to say, no, it's not relevant, and I'm going to say, why? Good. So, thanks for showing up again. Absolutely. We appreciate it. We love having you here. I thought this episode was fantastic and much needed after a very heavy discussion. All the things. Heavy all the things. Because we only had like the one break from body positivity, which ended up still being heavy heavy in a very meaningful way, no pun intended. But yeah, it's been a second since we've had a really lighthearted, nobody actually gives a fuck conversation. I like it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for next week's topic too. I am also excited for next week's topic. So if you're excited about next week's episode, just like we are excited about next week's episode, we're here for it. Love that. Until next week, you can either binge the rest of our episodes, or if you're all caught up and you are a true fan of taboos, you can keep living your best life because you're our favorite. Or check out one of the other six million podcasts that we recommend. Yeah, real Real. If you're all caught up on us, I recommend A Few Bad Apples. Oh, God. So amazing. Oh, my God. Catherine absolutely kills it every single week. And the research and the love and the just empathy that goes into every single episode is so amazing and necessary as fuck. Agreed. Yeah. Riddle Me True Crime. Also, Jules. Oh, she's the sweetest. Agreed. Reverie True Crime. Paige. We have a lot of true crime. Dear friend Paige. Yes. Paige Turners and Button Mashers. Yep. I was super confused because we were talking about Paige and then you segued into Paige. Uh, Recall when you pulled that trick on me too? That's in a blooper. It is. If you're interested in accessing that blooper. It's on our Patreon. It is on our Patreon, which you can find in our show notes because as you heard in this episode, Patreon has marked us as explicit content. Not sure why, still really confused about it, but our show notes include our Patreon link so you can find us and you can donate. You can subscribe. You can subscribe. There are perks to subscribing. There are. You can view them there. They're all there. Not so much the kind of perks that you would get from OnlyFans, 
but close. I think that's pretty much it, guys. You can also find us on Twitter. Oh, we have socials. <laughs> and Facebook and Instagram. You can also reach us by email at taboospodcast at gmail.com. Oh, I guess one thing is we're starting a Facebook group as opposed to a page. Oh, yeah. We did need to talk about that. Okay. So here's Celeste admitting I fucked up. No, not at all. I didn't look into this. Yeah, it was my responsibility and I didn't look into it. I literally just did it, which is always my fucking problem. I don't look into shit. I just do it. So, okay, good talk. I fucked up and I made us a business page on Facebook and it's really limiting and I don't like it at all. So instead, we're going to make a Facebook group. So if you guys could just migrate your way on over there, that'd be cool. That would be appreciated. It is still going to be taboos, the same exact thing as it is on the quote unquote business page, but it's a group page instead. And then it's visible to everybody. And you don't have to be friends with me to be invited to the fucking page because my friend requests list has exponentially grown and I don't want it to be that way. I don't want to be friends with people on my personal Facebook to have them enjoy the benefits of the podcast page. So stop requesting to be my friend on my actual Facebook and instead be my friend on our Taboos Facebook page. Love this plan. I am about it. We can't wait to see you there. And as usual, thanks for listening. We love you. We appreciate you and can't wait for you to tune in next week to our very fun concept for next week. There might be some fun reindeer facts. Some fun Christmas facts. Yep. And on that note, do you be taboos. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.